0: Welcome to Fortitude Live, I am your host, Ian the Rhino, and this is episode 6 of the Fortitude Live podcast, welcome aboard. And the music fades into the distance, to dramatic effect. Welcome back once again, guys, it is your host, Ian the Rhino, and it is... December, what, December 15th, 16th, I don't, I don't even know the day anymore, but um, I'm really pumped for this episode. I'm pumped for every single episode, but this in particular was one of my favorites. We probably had just as much fun recording this episode as you guys will have listening to it. Um, me and Marcus took a trip up to Daytona Beach in uh, Florida, and maybe back in August or so, right before I went to Mexico, and um, we ended up getting a chance to record with Dan Bell. Um, then, when we recorded the episode, he was—he had the world record for the current best total in powerlifting of all weight classes. Um, and then since then, recently, like maybe a week ago, uh, Peter Petrus, I believe, uh, broke that record, but Dan, knowing the champion that he is, and his m- mindset and his sort of iron mentality competition game, I'm pretty confident that he's already in a meat prep, gearing up to retake that record. Knowing him, the freak athlete that he is, I see that uh, I see that potentially happening. So um, you know, stay tuned for that. Obviously, I know he has a couple meets set in his sights. Um, but yeah, this this episode was really great, really excited for you guys to hear it. We kind of go in-depth, talk a little bit about Dan's life, you know, where he came from, how he came up into the game, his powerlifting strength training progression. You know, he gives a lot of tips and insights. We talk a little bit about his lifestyle, his sleep, his diet, you know, his job, how he balances training and life. Um, so it's really interesting. Stay tuned. Um, as always, this episode is brought to you by Certified Piedmontese Real Nebraska Beef. This uh, Piedmontese steaks, these Piedmontese steaks, this beef is probably some of the best best, uh, meat product you can get, get your hands on. Um, I I don't know if you've, listening to this, if you've tried um, some of the different steak delivery services out there. I know there's, you know, some different ones. I could rattle them off off the top of my head, but I don't think there's any need right now. But Piedmontese is... uh, a steak or it's a cow that is uh, the Piedmontese breed of cow is a cow that is in uh, it's bred to have an inhibited myostatin gene which allows the cow to build a ton of muscle tissue with a lot less fat content and but the muscle the the meat itself is not compromised in terms of flavor in terms of tenderness And what you end up getting at the end of the day uh, when it's all said and done and it's on your plate is a product that is extremely high in protein. It's extremely low in fat. It's a little bit lower in cholesterol and it is much more micronutrient dense than a lot of the typical store-bought products you would buy that typically rate tenderness, you know, as a result of marbling. This beef product isn't tender because of marbling. It's tender because the actual meat itself is extremely tender. So it doesn't, there's, it's kind of all the benefits of red meat without any of the drawbacks for the reasons that most people don't eat red meat in terms of, you know, saturated fat content, cholesterol, that sort of thing. So I would highly recommend you give it a try. You can go to their website at piedmontese.com, spelled P-I-E-D. M-O-N-T-E-S-E dot com. You can use code Fortitude Live 25 at checkout. That is all one word. If you want to get 25, whopping 25% off, off your order, I highly recommend it. It's about Christmas time. Um, Christmas is coming up in about a week or two. So if you listen to this podcast in time, then that would make a very good Uh, very good Christmas gift gift if you're not sure what to get someone so I highly recommend it anyways guys podcast is coming up in just a second so give it a listen like share subscribe tag myself at Ian the Rhino on Instagram if you listen to this feel free to Give it a post. Give it a shout out in your story. Love when you guys do that. Feel free to send me DMs with any uh, critiques or suggestions. Any questions you have? I think we're gonna start opening up a and A segment on some of the podcasts. I would really like to do some Q and A specific podcasts for you guys. I think that would be some really interesting, uh, really interesting uh, content and new style of episode for you guys to hear. So, um, without further ado, let's get into it. This. And we're live! We are live. This is... I don't even know what episode this is, because at this point we're all out of order. I think this is episode five
1: with with the world's
0: strongest power lifter, Dan Bell. (laughs) We got you, the rhino. We got Marcus Leone. We got Dan Bell here right now. We're up in Daytona, Florida. Marcus and I um, ended up coming up, and we... What happened? We got into a squat session. Dan, (laughs) Dan, how much did you squat just a second ago? I
2: ended up... 410, so 905 pounds.
0: So Dan was planning on taking an 880 squat for a double, 400 kilos, 881, and 865 went up pretty easy. So he said, screw it, and decided, you know, 400 kilos isn't enough. We'll do We'll do 905 for a double. And that moved pretty well, right? Yeah, I was
2: really happy with it. it you guys know. It just it, it felt a lot harder than it looked. So, yeah. <laughs> can, we,
1: can we take a step back and, like, yeah. remember that we walked into a squat session and <laughs> with somebody squatting 9.05 for a double in sleeves? Yeah. Where the fuck on earth do you see that ever? Uh, ever. I mean, unless you're training with, with what, Three other people on this planet? <laughs> not that Not and He not just competed people. three weeks ago, didn't yeah. you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, how? Riding the Riding lightning. <laughs> <doesn't> get,
2: <laughs> yeah, gotta keep, strike while the iron's hot, you know? I know, good. but it's
1: like, to do that many meat preps back-to-back is kind of superhuman, dude. Like, to take that amount of intensity back-to-back-to-back is superhuman.
2: Yeah, and I really think that's one thing that I've pulled from Ed quite a bit, and he's, like, been really emphasis mm-hmm. on me leveling out my intensity through the training so where like i really haven't i mean two weeks ago of course i squatted heavier but since then my training's been kind of minimal
1: what do you mean so like do you so you you program for yourself right right so do you keep your do you peak do you go into like a peaking phase or yeah definitely definitely. Okay.
2: and like so the pioneer was the meet that i was actually peaking for before i did the multiply meeting here in daytona three weeks ago and i knew that was a week prior. So I'm like, all right, I'll be pretty primed. And nine times out of 10, I've actually peaked harder the week after then the, 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 like, I've, I've done that quite a few times. I'm not saying I was, because, I mean, I still had a 24.91 total at the Pioneer Open, which was, it was stellar. It was a good one. I mean, I... <laughs> wait, wait. <laughs> stellar.
1: Right. What was Milanichiv's record before you broke it?
2: Uh, 25 25.13.
1: Oh, he actually had 25.13. Yeah. I, okay.
0: All right. All right. Yeah. All right, all right, all right. That's right. insane. Before we get too much into that, let's take a step back. Dan, we have Dan Bell. Just for the listener, Dan, what is your biggest total?
2: My biggest total right now is twenty six sixty three. Twenty six, but that was a multiply meet. So uh, right, yeah. Wait, wait, wait.
0: You kind of did a multiply
1: meet. <laughs> yeah. You totaled twenty six sixty three in what briefs?
2: Yeah, I wore just uh, the double ply of briefs, and then I had a single ply katana shirt. So yeah, and I pulled, I pulled the pull raw cuz i mean my deadlift's pretty stellar anyways. Yeah. <laughs> so he had some
0: pretty thick underarmor, basically. <laughs> yeah, that's nutty. So so for those of you that don't know Dan Bell is the world record total right now in power in raw powerlifting. Let's just say it. He's the best powerlifter walking the planet. Yeah, he's the best powerlifter. <laughs> and he lives right here now. in Florida. And he lives just a con- convenient hop skip and a jump away from where me and Marcus live up in Daytona. And um, so we had the pleasure of coming up and watching him squat today. Uh, Marcus ended up working up to, um, what, would what that was that? It? it was 735. 3? 735. Yeah. yeah,
1: 735 for a wrapped single. That was, was nice. A, it was beautiful. Thank yeah. you. That That's great. coming from you. That's nice. You actually gave me a super cool cue that I never thought of and nobody's ever pointed out to me. So that was really he told me I was unracking the bar with my back instead of my hips, and I'm like, oh, huh, I never thought about that before. <laughs> and it might be a height thing or just like a technique thing, but the that leverage, was cool.
2: Definitely your leverages, yeah. You think? Yeah, yeah it's because you're like, like, Ian and I were talking about it earlier, mm. it's like your your unrack's almost like the last 5% of a good morning, mm. just that that top, that's, yeah. what, that's what it is. So like... If you like load your hips and get directly straight underneath the bar and load them through that, there's no more scrunch to your back and there's no more hip hinge. Yeah. In, in your on-rack. and I, like Seth and I were talking about it afterwards. we were kind of joking, we were like he's a 900 pound squatter. Yeah, like <laughs> right, if he could right. get the unrack right, uh, <laughs> I'm
1: uh, I'm being tempted to do that. I'm actually so what I was telling you earlier, and not to get too far off topic, but I might do another like just at home because I, I don't I don't want to compete this year. It's taking too much time out of my day-to-day. Of and uh, Yeah, I might do another squat program. Maybe I'll come up here for a few sessions with you uh, to try and squat 400 kilos. and Please. Just in wraps, yeah.
2: yeah. Or we could meet in Port St. Lucie. I mean, I know a couple good gyms there, too. Yeah,
1: there is some nice ones down yeah. there, for yeah. sure. Well, let's not get too – we're going to get into all that in a minute. <laughs> so you are the world record – you're the best powerlifter on the planet. You just broke that – just last year, right, twenty five yeah, well,
2: eighteen. Yeah, I did twenty five eighteen in November uh, in Gainesville, and uh, that was pretty spectacular. Yeah, that 10, was a John's meet. That was awesome. Yeah, ten sixty three, uh, five seventy three, eight eighty one, which I was pretty pissed about that. But um, and then <coughs> the following uh, February, I wanted to be the first guy to <laughs> yeah. squat a grain and pull nine. But then, of course, you know, Dilly Dill got, got it. it. But uh, then in February, I broke the sleeved world record too, and I went ten oh three five. 79 eight, or 903 so i was the first guy ever to squat a grand and pull 900 in the same me- in sleeves yeah. so yeah, I was.
0: so you did a thousand and three in sleeves right. right that's that's absurd <laughs> stupid <Insane. laughs> like
1: and seeing you squat 900 for a double i get why and you know what's cool is you also have one of the most unconventional squat and deadlift techniques that i've ever seen For a guy your size, I mean, it's almost like, you know, my deadlift's more similar to yours than I guess most, but it's so narrow, and you're so, like up and down it's unbelievable
2: <laughs> yeah well like we we're saying you know put trying to shove 10 pounds of shit in a five pound sack <laughs> you gotta have the explosive power yeah, i sure. think that's definitely on my side with yeah. uh, somewhat athleticism that i still got <laughs>
0: yeah. you're, you're definitely very very compressed whenever you get down yeah, the, yeah. and, and in the deadlift yeah of course yeah for sure so you're here you're at this kind of peak of performance when it comes to strength but you obviously haven't always been there. So let's rewind a little bit. What actually, when did you start working out? How old are you right now for the listeners? I'll
2: be uh, 34 next month. So you're
0: 34 next month. What's How much? How tall are you? What do you weigh? So I'm can, just,
2: yeah, 6'2", uh, 385 on a good day, 390 okay. somewhere around so
0: right there. So he's 34, 6'2", about 385. Now, when you were growing up, was there a point where you just like, did you did you start working out at a certain age? Was there a point? Like, were you always strong? Did you just like, did you were you doing yard work one day and he's you just, went to go, go rake, dragging his dad's truck motors <laughs> yeah. around the yard one day? Like, oh, maybe I should do something or with this. Like. Go to use a, a wheelbarrow and you just broke the wheelbarrow and you just decided to carry the thing.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, it never really went up like that. Um, I had a football coach in high school. It was my junior year and that was when I like like kinda of put my nose to the grindstone was like mm. paying attention because like freshman and sophomore year I was like, I don't care, I'm not playing varsity, you know, whatever. Yeah, sure. And then uh junior or, yeah, junior year, I was like, Hey, I could I could be good. Let's de- throw some dedication at this and of course went through the whole summer training program and mm. everything like that. Lifting weights for those guys, they didn't know where my base was at all. Sure. So it was pretty easy. Yeah. And my one coach, he's like, Hey, you're the strongest kid on the field, whether you know it or not <laughs> you know, like we got to get this thing going like you're going to be awesome and I'm like okay whatever like I don't <laughs> I'm chasing cheerleaders it didn't matter, yeah, <laughs> didn't matter you know right. it didn't matter to me at all mm-hmm. and then uh actually it was my senior year was when I technically did my first meet like I bombed out because I never did lift before mm-hmm. and I just signed up for a meet in Chicago or APF Ernie France did I think I squatted f- almost 600 bench 402 and uh, I weighed in at 372. Uh uh-huh. yeah. wow. <laughs> yeah. How old were you? Eight, well, I would have been, yeah, it just turned 18. I hadn't God. graduated yet. <laughs> so. like a big Brick shit house, dude. <laughs> what
0: position were you playing in football? I was,
2: uh, I was actually the left left uh, tackle, and okay. then I played uh, middle linebacker on, on our spread, and then I was nose guard when we weren't in the spread.
0: So you you were tackling people as a linebacker? Yeah. Jesus Christ! At well, 370, I, <laughs> years old, <laughs> I had a 4940
2: too. Yeah. Jeez. I was. I've always been kind of quick, and I really do. Like yeah. growing up playing ice hockey. Yeah, yeah. I played ice hockey all the time. Yeah. And then snowboarding on top of it too. So it's just like those things are really helped my leg development i believe you know now that step back take a long long picture
0: you grew up playing sports that required some athleticism some agility some body awareness and so even for a big guy you see a lot of big guys maybe they aren't used to being able to like move their size around but for your size sounds like you've always had a a bit of a good a good bit of body awareness yeah to be athletic to kind of you know understand where you are in space and kind of how to orient yourself maybe when it comes to powerlifting, where to put yourself to like tweak your leverages or exactly what feels better that sort of thing yeah interesting so from there you progressed did you play any college sports or no you, not at all <laughs> did you just did you just Damn, how, how did they not call on you dude i mean you were massive
2: well they saw my 13 score that i had on my act the first time i took it <laughs> and was like this <laughs> 13 not- yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah i think you get 12 points for putting your name right (laughs) you got two plus two all right right. so they gave you 13 but i ended up taking it four times i did get a 21 on my last time i like kind of applied i don't know what's a good score on that i think the average is like 20 i think the best the best you can get's like a 32 i I don't think i ever took that i only took the sat
0: I i took the act really i you had to get a certain score to get a bright bright future scholarship i think yeah yeah and and i think you had to get a 28 or 27 i think i got it like a 28 or 29 wow i never took it I had to study for it. I think pretty yeah. Much, yeah. So
1: I'm shocked, man. Like I'm surprised nobody tried to get you to to play in the NCAA. We,
2: we had plenty. Like I had Monmouth College, Northern Illinois University. Had a couple of them. You know, kind of looking at me like, hey, you know, because I was I was all conference my sophomore year, my junior year, I was it was great, and then I was the next fill in for all state, and I was like, hey, you know, I'm kind of good at this, but then of course. The fall was the only time I took school any series, too. So in the spring semesters, it was all failing. I think my sophomore year, I passed, like, two classes. So yeah. it was driver's ed and PE. Like, <laughs> that's not, like, the ones that mattered. So that was my own fault. And I, you know, I push that on my brother now, too. Like, you need to pay attention. This is what I didn't do, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. but um, I, I thought college would have been fun, but I ended up in just uh, – Brought into rugby, and I started playing. Yeah, I played rugby for almost four years in college. No, it was just for a men's league.
1: Oh, like outside of college. Yeah,
2: yeah. I went to uh, I went to community college for two years. Waste of time. I ended up like I think right now I'm still twelve credits away from getting my associates. But I ended up going to a tech school after those two years. I was like, enough's enough. Like I just want a piece of paper that's going to get me paid. So I went to tech school out in Wyoming. Finished that up in nine months, and then just started working. Where'd you grow up? Uh, Central Illinois, Galva. It's a little farm town. We're, we're like an hour from the Iowa border, but we're still inside Illinois. It's we had thirty four hundred people. Jeez. <laughs> wow. yeah.
1: yeah, so like you grew up in a super small town, yeah. and, and then you made your way up to to, to obviously <laughs> bigger and better cities <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. beyond that. Did right. your did your did your parents do anything? Uh, I mean my
2: my dad was uh he was all state wrestler. My okay. dad was like he actually he's got still got the pictures from when he took third in state his senior year. And the guy that won was like four hundred and ten pounds. And like 6'7, and my dad was 6'2, 240. Oh my god. Your dad's huge. Yeah, my dad's huge. Yeah, he's still 6'2, 240. Oh my (laughs) god. That's massive. Yeah.
1: Obviously, you get some of your size from.
2: Exactly. Well, my grandmother was the linebacker of the bunch. She, She was actually, yeah, she was, until she almost got diagnosed with diabetes, she was like. Almost 250 pounds and, like, 5'5", and she, like, took no shit from no one. So,
1: Giants, like, literally run in your family. (laughs) I'm still scared of Subi. (laughs) 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 So, like, after your first, you know, you're playing rugby after your first meet, like, what happens between then and now that you you develop this, like, unbelievable prowess for being a power lifter. Well, I was
2: actually, I graduated high school at 336 and then I graduated college at 3, 394 and it was the sloppiest 394 like I've ever seen. I still got a couple pictures but I like to hide them. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Then I went straight to working in a factory and I was working third shift and then one of my good buddies, this was like when CrossFit first came out like 04, mm. 05, yeah. like, I didn't yeah. say first but like when he was getting popular yeah, yeah. and one of my buddies, Phil, he's like, hey man, if you just worked out and like, cleaned up your diet a little bit he's like you'd be just shredded and you'd be awesome and like do whatever you want to do and at that time i was still kind of messing with rugby but i was also playing a lot more ice hockey mm-hmm. and i was like hey i kind of want to get in the marines <laughs> like nice I had two yeah. uncles that were marines and then i was like my great my great my mom's dad was uh he was in the army so i was mean, like kind of fell in the, in the queue and i was like Went to the recruiting office, found out. And they're like, well, we really want to get you to 240. And I'm like, all right. So year and a half later, go in. I was 240. And oh, I'm shit. like, yeah, I did, I did insanity three times.
0: <laughs> Dude, shit. it was horrible, horrible. Just dying in your living room? Yeah, exactly.
2: Oh. <laughs> just right in the middle of the living room, just puddles of sweat. Like, lean. It was bad. But, I mean, I had a, it was a good time doing it, and I got to learn a lot. And then, of course, I cleaned up my diet. I was super strict. Like I said, on third shift, I didn't have much to occupy myself, and I couldn't go drink every night. So I was just like, had to go do
0: that. What was your diet like? <laughs> I mean, just like straight chicken and broccoli kind of Yeah, thing, exactly. Yeah.
2: I would actually, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, was six chicken breasts, a bag of broccoli, and 12 protein shakes. And then Tuesdays. Oh, man. Yeah. So just
0: you just went hardcore, low-carb kind of? Yeah, exactly.
2: Yeah. And then Tuesdays and Thursdays, six cans of tuna, uh like in like bro- broccoli and chicken and, like
0: <laughs> was, pra- practical man yeah. did you get
1: that out of like a bodybuilding.com forum? i'm pretty sure it was yeah ninety percent. 90 that's sure where was, we all started yeah.
2: and then sundays i got a chicken bacon ranch pizza because that was like my my cheat meal yeah, like, <laughs> to like replenish your body with glycogen <laughs> so you can do it all over again exactly yeah and like i did that for months straight like i was like monotonous about it like i was like why are you taking this so serious like i got goals i want to i want to do this blah, so blah, blah.
0: so you're telling me you weighed more than than you wanted to weigh, so you picked something that put you in a calorie deficit and you stuck to it and you lost a ton of weight purely based off discipline. I think that's very applicable. I think a lot of people need to hear that. Weird. <laughs> yeah, that sounds that sounds a little too nutty for me. Yeah. Too too crazy and straightforward. They need a magic pill. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, I want this overnight. Yeah, I hate that. It's crazy. So so you're you're Bound 240, and you're thinking you wanted to go in the Marines. Did you end up doing that?
2: They actually told me I had to get to 215 then.
0: Holy shit. Yeah, man. and I was like, hey. I, like, yeah, that's not
2: I just can't. Like, I'm eating, you know, nothing right now. Like, yeah. this is not working out. So I did a couple more workouts with them, and I was like, that was when I was making the decision factor. her the decision to go. Uh, and I was like, this is isn't worth it. It's that, not yeah. worth it. And then, um, we had a couple more factors too. Like with my hereditary background, like they were like, you, we don't know what MOS we can put you in, blah, 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 blah this and that. Mm-hmm. So I was like, all right, whatever. So I'm still training. And I, that's when I started going to the gym more and like, not so much, The cardio aspects, it was just like, hey, I want to lift heavy. and like I saw videos of me filming my first couple 405 benches at like 280. Mm -hmm. But then I I ended up uh, quitting that job, and I went back to my hometown, and I started working for my dad then. And I was going to this local gym, and there's two guys there, younger – Just crazy. They were maxing out every day, and I was like, "Hey, you guys might, you guys might be fun to hang out with." So yeah, Yeah, let's party. Right, exactly. So we like hooked up, and we were like working, training, training together, and everything's cool. And then one guy was like, "Hey, there's this charity event in Washington, Illinois for tornado victims. You want to go do it? It's just a push pull." And I'm like, "All right, that sounds fun." So like we all geared up and amped up for it. I benched four twenty five. And I deadlifted 7.15. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> totally raw, right? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And then um, there was a couple guys there from Jack Jim in Montgomery, Illinois. That's where the liver just like, used to change way back in the day. And they were like, hey, meathead, can we get a hold of you? Like, we really want to help you. Like, you have no clue what your potential is. And I'm like, <laughs> sure. Uh, where's the beer? Like, you <laughs> know, I didn't really even care yeah. too much of the time. And then and that was in December. And then February 2014 was my first meet, as so I told 1906, and that put me at 12th, <laughs> oh 12th in the country at the time, and nice. I took second to Ernie Senior. So yeah, I was like, and you, you were a
1: super heavyweight, I guess.
2: No, I, was, I weighed in at uh, 303. No way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, wow. I was 308er until early 16. Yeah. No way. Yeah, yeah, and like uh, when I, it was funny, I did a meet in Kentucky in January. Cut 35 pounds for the meat because I was already like 340, somewhere around there. Cut 35 pounds of meat, no problem. I'd done it before. Only hit my openers, and then I was so pissed off about it. The very next weekend, I did another meet in uh, Dubuque, Iowa, and I totaled 2303 and i was like oh, i am never cutting again <laughs> like there is <Yeah>. absolutely no <laughs> point <is> in it <laughs> yeah. so
0: what was when you cut the weight did you do a water cut or did you just yeah
2: i water loaded the week before uh-huh. and then there was sauna i think i sauntered for like 10 hours that time
0: and then you, you went and hit your openers and what was the total when you 2200 2200 and then you just you did so because you cut did you feel like when you cut, you lost the weight, but when you went to put it back on, do you feel like you weren't able to put it back yeah, on? I couldn't.
2: I was just flushing everything through me. Like yeah. And there was no water retaining on me. Yeah. And I think I weighed in for that. Me to like, I weighed in at three oh six, and then like I, the next day I hopped back on the scale and I was like three sixteen. So I yeah. mean I didn't get anything back. From was
0: it was it a two hour weigh in? No,
2: it was next the day before. But like I just didn't.
0: Oh, so you cut, and you just weren't able to put it back, and so you're weak. exactly. That makes total sense. And there was no
2: fatigue, and I was miserable, and I was like, ugh, I just went through all this nonsense, like, there was no point. And that was when, I think Brandon Lilly even said, he's like, why are you putting stress on something that's already stressful? Yeah. Like, lift, enjoy it. And I'm like, ding, all right. (laughs) Yeah, no more weight cuts. All right, goodbye. (laughs) What
0: What were you walking at before you cut? 3.42. 3.40, okay, yeah. Yeah. Wow, a thirty-six pound weight cut, is massive. Well, I mean,
2: thirty-six pound cut, a guy like ten percent. Yeah,
0: that's ten percent. I mean, it's pretty you, much ten percent. For me, yeah. for me, that, that'd be like fifteen or something. That yeah, it would be impossible. Astronomical number, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I've I've had some experience with some larger cuts before, and and I started. I actually started my my first meet. I did a eleven point six percent cut, and I went from two twenty three to one ninety seven. And I, that meat was actually successful for me, but I had someone who is experienced with big cuts tell me how to put it back. Yeah. And so literally the next day, I bagged up, I think, with four liters of saline on top of – I did two gallons of water, and in those gallons of water – there's, I think, 200 to 250 carbs in each gallon with like 5 to 10 grams of sodium, right. like 50 grams of protein, potassium, creatine. So I literally just dumped it all back into me, and I think I weighed in that morning at 197, and that afternoon I was back up to – I was four pounds over my walking weight at 227. Wow. And wow. so I think the, the thing with weight cuts and, and a lot of people out there who tend to cut weight, they think it's just getting down to that weight. When in reality, it's not what you can cut. It's what you can put back. Back, And a lot of times, you know, and interestingly enough, the act of cutting weight can sometimes make your body super compensate and hold on to even more. So you can actually kind of have that little super compensatory effect. If you overload with the water and the sodium and the electrolytes and the carbohydrates, you can actually end up going into the meat a little bit heavier than what you end up walking around. You started at. it, yeah. yeah. And then and then you go into the meat feeling stronger than you have before. When twenty four hours previous, you're literally feeling the weakest you ever have. <laughs> exactly. And that's probably one of the craziest experiences I've ever had. I still have pictures of it. It was it was pretty insane. But I think just like you, after a while, I did that a couple times. And the anxiety of knowing how stressful that was, and just like how de- how shitty I felt doing that process, how hungry, dehydrated, you didn't sleep it was just a 24-hour period of feeling absolutely terrible it's like nobody like i had more anxiety going into weight cuts than i did about the actual me. meat the meat's fun man <laughs> yeah, you just hang out exactly. hang out eat, eat rice crispy treats <laughs> hang with your friends drink gatorade and like i eventually after a couple times of doing that i was like i can't do this anymore it makes
1: it makes the fun of lifting weights so unfun that yeah i did it maybe did it a my times. first Three or so meets because I had a tear of probably the first three years lifting where I would compete two or three times a year you know I went to Boston bosses for the last several years they held it uh did record breakers and you know I flew around did some really fun meets and
0: yeah uh, Marcus did a 242 meet.
1: My first. Oh. Yeah. Oh. I, wait, that was the only time I bombed out. That was a battle of the Bay. I
0: believe it. On your frame,
1: 242. <laughs> you know why I failed, though? Yeah. I failed because of my bench. Yeah. Oh, I had been a weightlifter before I was a powerlifter, right. and I didn't bench for like yeah. years. It's so, a so funny I. Story. <laughs> yeah, he was there. He
0: actually helped me cut like 20 pounds yeah. the day before. Well, we were actually supposed to go. We stayed at my mom's house in Clearwater. And it was it was Battle of the Bay yeah. a while ago, and the hot tub was supposed to be working, and so he could do like uh, a, hot, a bath. Hot, hot bath, yeah. yeah. And the hot tub wasn't working. And oh. so he had to drop 15 pounds with milk of magnesia. Oh. <laughs> which he gave me.
1: Actually, which I ended up using the next several times I cut weight. Because I'm like, oh, I don't have to sit in a sauna. And I don't have to be miserable. Yeah. <laughs> just sit I'll, just sit on, yeah, I'll just sit on the toilet. <laughs> which, like, I've told a bunch of people to do. And they all think I'm nuts. And now that I start thinking about it, I'm like, yeah, actually, that was yeah. kind of nuts. <laughs> but I did, like, three or four meats cutting. And then I was like, eventually, I'm like, you know what, I'm... You know, I'm like a 260 pound dude at yeah. that point. Right, I'm you know, I'm gonna stay at 275. I'm just gonna walk into it, and then eventually, as I kept gaining weight, you just quit caring. I'm just yeah. like, I don't like. First of all, nobody cares about powerlifting, and second of all, <laughs> nobody I nobody
0: cares about Wilkes. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I just
1: I want to lift the most weight possible, so yeah. I'm not gonna cut weight, and I'm gonna just do the most enjoyable process. Because like, if you're spending yeah. 24 hours leading up to it, you're in such kind of like a fucked up mental state that the meat becomes unenjoyable and you're stressed out about cutting weight. And it's like, yeah, I don't care about my looks. Like I know what the records are in my weight class. And like, even if I cut weight, like it's not going to matter. And like, even if you won a couple hundred bucks or a thousand dollars in the meat, like, that money's not worth
0: suffering <laughs> in the sauna. I think. No, like, that's miserable. <laughs> or, or just the inconvenience of having to diet for twelve or sixteen weeks. No, because you're trying to, to get strong to fit yeah. in, to fit in a weight class. It's like if you're if you're not setting a world record, if you're not placing you know if you're not winning money at the meet or whatever like it doesn't really matter if you're you know if you're trying to fit into a weight class to come sixth place or versus 15th place kind of thing i mean i've never heard of a 15th place at a power Mm, there might be one there's some weenies at those meets man (laughs)
2: probably a uspa or usp LPA nationals, whatever. US <laughs> LPA, yeah, whatever. It is. <laughs> no <laughs> offense
0: to any of the USAPO. <laughs> um, but those no nationals are like four-day meets. Like no, dude. yeah, they, they let a like a thousand ton. people in at yeah. least. They let like. It's
1: absurd. There's so many different sessions. They have a prime time session. It's right. like, Big you know, if you're holding a meet, like the session should be prime time, right? Uh, exactly. Like, you would think you don't
0: yeah. like? W- it's like the rest of it? Like a participation <laughs> <Yeah>. trophy? <laughs> like, oh, you did good. It's Not of, in the prime time. It's kind of like <laughs> an insult to the people who aren't. aren't in, uh, on it it's exactly? Just like, oh, you're kind of the guy. Yeah. Gets the award. So my numbers aren't good enough. <laughs> before we
1: get way too far down the rabbit hole, like we talked, we were hanging out all day and squatting and stuff. And I know we talked about. Like a lot of your training and a lot of why you're so good, right? Like, it, I'll be honest, up until two years ago, I didn't even know who you were, right? I believe you. Oh,
2: yeah, I believe you 100%. Yeah. No offense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, you know, I don't think
0: I like, like, not to take any credit away, but I don't think until you hit, until it said, Dan, breaks melanchops thing i didn't either but it's not because you're not an amazing athlete it's just because you're really low-key about what you're you do. super
1: humble and modest yeah. which is cool and very different from the world of instagram lifters yeah. we see nowadays <laughs> like what i wanted what the reason i reached out to I'm you, like like first of all i saw you break the record at john's meet which was sick yeah. like that's such a cool like i love abc and Me john's too. a super good dude like oh, I'm, that's a good place to do it but after you did it, I'm like, wait a second, nobody, like, you're walking around to our meet and, like, you know, the last meet that Ian and I did, yeah. and it was like, huh, like, nobody seems to, like, be paying <laughs> too much attention to the dude that came in at nine o'clock last night and squatted a grand. <laughs> and I'm like, isn't this the sport of powerlifting, not the sport of Instagram likes?
0: No. So in my
1: head, I'm like, that guy is doing something right. So what I want to ask you is just like, Tell us why you've been so fucking successful. Why are you so strong? And, like, do you have anything that you could share with people about not only, like, remaining injury-free, which it sounds like you have for the good part of your career, which is why you've,
0: yeah, let's, let's all. <laughs>
2: knock on wood on that one, yeah. <laughs> totally, you should knock, too.
0: <laughs> but I, I think I think a great way to, I think if you just, how many days a week do you train? Usually three. So you only train That's crazy. three days a week. Yeah. To
1: most people that's gonna sound crazy. <laughs> right. I understand why. Because you're not gonna be recovered after a nine hundred double. Like you're gonna relax for the next year. Yeah,
0: exactly. I think the answer to that question lies in your lifestyle, because we were at we were at lunch a little bit ago and we were chatting and I, I said I would bring this up, but um your wife said, you know, you treat it as a hobby, which is insane because you're the best in the world and it's a hobby to you. Yeah. And I think People might think that that's backwards because it challenges the idea that to be the best in the world, that has to be your sole focus. And you have to be so 110% of that thing and only doing that thing. When in reality, in a lot of, in a lot of athletics and one of the things that I've noticed from competing at a high level in, in CrossFit and you know to a limited extent in powerlifting is that some of the best people are the ones that aren't so focused like that. Because when you do that and you have so much riding on it, it almost self sabotages your performance. Your, your own self, yes, exactly. So, so like you, you train three days a week. You know, you still work full time right now, right? Yeah, for what, sure. What do you do? What do you do full time?
2: I'm a mechanic, and it's more fleet fleet maintenance where okay. uh, like uh, bigger companies that have fleets of many vehicles, mostly over the road like mm-hmm. semis or mm-hmm. larger vehicles. I go. State inspections, you know, uh, federal DOT inspections, stuff like that. Go mm-hmm. out and make sure everything's cleaned up. Um, break jobs, transmission flushes, yeah. all, all the stuff like that. But I mean, mm-hmm. that's second nature to me. Like I said yeah. earlier, I've been doing it for 17 years. So it's yeah. really really kind of nice that I've got that, you know, background for me mm-hmm. to, to fall into. And mm-hmm. it's probably 50, 60 hours a week. It's not horrible, but mm-hmm. it's still... Keeps me busy. Keeps me out of the gym. Yeah, and so, I do appreciate that.
1: So, keeps you out of the gym. That's so. That's so counterintuitive. Yeah. <laughs> so you, your
0: average day. What what time do you normally wake up in the morning and go to work at? Oh,
2: I try to get up by nine, but I'll uh, like line things up or talk to my customers throughout the morning. Yeah. And then I'll leave around eleven or noon somewhere uh-huh. on there after I eat. Uh-huh. And either I'll go straight to the gym, like if I have to, if it's Monday or Thursday, go straight to the gym, train for that hour, then go right right. An to hour. Work. Yeah
1: gym for one hour
2: hour and a half uh, two hours you know so
1: you're in the gym three
0: hours or four hours a week three to, yeah it usually like my
2: three. sundays are probably two to three hours so okay. like
0: five hours a week tops maybe.
2: yeah i like to keep it <laughs> uh, under uh, under 10 wow. <laughs> five hours a week
1: tops that's gonna rock people's minds i believe it because
2: yeah. <laughs> I've, I've said it to so many people and they're just like what i'm yeah. like yeah it Keep it simple.
1: Well, I saw the flow today. The flow today when we were there training, it's like you got a crew that like you're squatting, you're squatting, go, 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 and everybody's just working as a machine. If you're in that mindset the whole time, that that crew is supporting you and you're going to be in and out of there you know we were what well, we only trained we were there for like an hour and a half today yeah
2: yeah it's nice isn't it like i said to you earlier you know just that crew down that we have here it's changed my life completely especially training wise because all those guys are we're all like-minded and we're all not selfish and we're all just you know who's up next like i'm loading the bar for you or you're loading the bar yeah for there's me. no
1: like I mean, it's funny because i'm sitting there and i'm like that's the best power lifter in the world, and you're there backspotting everybody. You're there loading everybody's <laughs> plates. Viewing, too, yeah. yeah you're giving too. everybody advice, giving everybody help, and it's just like second nature to you. Yeah, yeah. and that's pretty rare. Who's, who does your programming?
2: It's mostly me. You,
0: you yeah, do your yeah. own.
2: Yeah, and I've actually I've took my my program like put it down and in on paper and sent it to Ed, and mm. he's looked over it quite a few times that's and. R- Tell me what little things to do.
0: That's super interesting because I do my own programming and I literally do that exact same thing. I have like you know maybe three to five people that I write something and I ask them, hey, what's your opinion on this? What's your opinion on this? And I think that's a really, really big point to make on this podcast for people listening is that I think there's a big over-reliance. I'm not going to say there's an over-reliance on coaching, but I think that there's people that – they have a coach for so long that they can become over-reliant on them. And then they don't know how to kind of – I don't like to use the term auto-regulate because I think that's kind of an overused term. But if they don't know how to make decisions for themselves. And they don't have the confidence to select attempts. They don't have the confidence to say, you know what, I shouldn't take that for the day. And they don't know how to make their own calls because they've maybe – over relied on somebody else. And, you know, when I work with athletes and when I coach athletes through fortitude, I try to encourage enough autonomy and I try to ask people questions like, well, what, what do you, what, what do you think you should do? Right. And I like to get people thinking independently because, you know, like you said, you, you write your own thing and you, you have somebody else who's obviously a genius in the sport, (laughs) you know, but it's like, when it comes down to it, I'm sure your training is probably pretty simple and straightforward. hundred yeah. <laughs> percent. you I mean, do you do you have you know do you just periodize linearly and you build up to each meet? Exactly. Or is, that's is that it?
2: Yeah, yeah. It's I start about eighty uh, percent and then yeah. go go up two percent every week. Usually ten pounds, 10, 15 yeah. pounds. It depends on where it's at. But And, yeah.
0: and what's your squat frequency like? Or your every frequency? two weeks. So you it sounds like maybe one week you go heavier on a squat. And then, and then the next week you do a heavy deadlift, yes, maybe? Sir. Yep. Okay, so yep. it's like you train three days a week, so one day is heavy squat or deadlift. One day would be, what, a heavy bench press?
2: Yeah, but I, I switch up that, too. Yeah. Uh, one, one, uh, one week I'll do comp grip, uh-huh. and that's usually a higher number yeah. for doubles or triples or uh-huh. singles or something like that. And then the next week I do close grip.
0: A Close grip, so like a variation, basically.
2: Yeah, but I'll usually cut that, like... Like this week, I did close grip five hundred for six. Uh-huh. I did two sets of that, and then
0: so a little lighter.
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Just to get the reps in there and uh-huh. you force all the muscles to work.
0: And, and then that third day is like a bodybuilding day.
2: Yeah, it's all back and bicep.
0: Interesting. Yep. Okay, that's that's so you're you're basically taking a heavy squat and deadlift and bench every two weeks. Right. Because but you
1: space out that frequency pretty far. Exactly. And that's a big that's a big component. Like t- I like it. I noticed that in the same thing in my training whenever I'm going up for something heavy. Like I just did this deadlift cycle, and, you know, it's like I'm only pulling once every two weeks, and it's like your mind kind of goes crazy in the meantime, but you got to realize, like, you need that time to recover. Yeah, And I don't care if you're deadlifting 400 kilos or 1,000 pounds or 600 pounds, like, you know, your body's going to react pretty similarly across the board and taking time out of the gym, like you said, because it is a hobby (laughs) for most people, most Mm. people, most people. This is not something that you're going to pay your bills with. Right. And like going into it with this outwork everyone and I'm going to be the best. I'm going to put in more time and do more reps and do all these crazy things to get yourself to the point where you think you're going to be the best. And it's like the people like I'm literally sitting here like you are the example of, of treating this as a hobby and treating this as something that's fun and like you're in the gym and you're smiling and you're <laughs> laughing and you're not sitting there like some broody fucking moody teenager like behind Listening the barbell music, like, like <laughs> man sorry to the usapl crowd but like there's so much of that in the younger generation of powerlifting yeah. where they're taking it really 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 seriously and they're like really like oh i'm gonna sit here and i'm upset and like it's like man like what happened to just going in and enjoying, like... The lifting like, comes before your job. Comes right, like, when you go in and have fun. Like, yeah. if you're not in the gym, like, you don't like You don't have to talk the whole time. Like, it should be not, stressful. Just, like, joking around and having, like, kind of like a light atmosphere. It's like, then you're just doing another stressful task every day. Exactly. Outside of work or
0: outside <laughs> of something else. You know, it's horrible. Is, yeah. Is, and what, are there any aspects of it that are stressful to you? Uh...
2: I mean, the politics, Yeah. but that has to do more with Federation yeah. and um, whose ass you got yeah. to kiss to do what you need to do. Yeah. You to,
0: would you say, like, getting invited to meets or, uh, like, nah, or like Not so much now, because,
2: yeah. like, I, I like to stand on the point of let your turtles talk or yeah. your lifts are do the talking for you. Easy. Either. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, like, yeah, it used to be that way. That was that way for me. I, I really feel like... I've felt this way for a majority of my life. I hate being stagnant, and I hate any aspect of my life being stagnant. So, And I feel like you guys are kind of like-minded that way. I see with the way you guys live and the way you guys train and stuff like that. But, like, if I've I've had that mindset where I was completely focused on powerlifting, and that was the only thing that mattered to me. And, like, I ran into brick wall after brick wall after brick wall having that same mentality. Like, I like quit my job I like walked away from so many different girlfriends and mm-hmm. I was like my family put everything on the back burner and it was mm-hmm. strictly powerlifting and it was just I was dead in the water and I'm like yeah. this isn't going to work for me this isn't going to be like I need my, yeah. the other aspects of my life to progress along with my powerlifting to progress yeah. too because it works it all works way better that way well. Like it, uh, March last year when I moved down here I Walked into a great job, everything's going great. I had a great fiance at the time, and like now we're married. Our mm-hmm. life is progressing forward. My powerlifting is going right along with it, but I'm having a lot more fun, and that, yeah. that matters. To me. Less pressure, exactly. And it,
0: stress levels are extremely low, so your is up.
2: Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And I, I will attest. Like if you if you minimize the stress in your life, everything else would be so much easier. It, it just but. Everybody has stresses, and everybody gets different stresses. So it's just yeah. on how you how you deal with them.
1: So what's your way of dealing with stress?
2: Uh, usually, uh, I mean, uh, stress from my job. No,
1: I mean, listen. I think everything. I, I've always said this to people. Uh, your body's a stress aggregator, right? So you're gonna have stress from your relationship. You're gonna have st- whether you have the best relationship on earth or the worst. So you're gonna have stress from it. You're going to have stress from lifting. That's physiological stress, right? You're yeah. going to the gym. You're putting <laughs> like 900 pounds on your back. <laughs> like, and that's going to cause physical stress, right? And then you have your job. Whether it's the best job in the world or the worst job in the world, you're going to have some stress from it, right? So life produces – like your body is a big stress machine. You know, whether, whether you view it that way or not, that's kind of an aspect of, of the way life goes. So what's – your way of of unwinding, dealing with stress, and not only like optimizing like optimizing your recovery, but optimizing your ability to live kind of like a like a happy life.
2: Like b- one of the big things that I've kind of like stu- stood behind was um, can't don't try to change things you can't control, and that, mm-hmm. that was like one of the stressful things that I've got out of my job. Like if this happens, it happens. Like we got to roll with it, and we got to make the best of it, and always moving forward. I've come to the gym, like, to me, I stand on leaving on a good note. So, like, say today would have been, mm. didn't turn out the way it did, and I mm. failed on my second rep or failed on my first rep, sure. I would have went over and hit a leg press, like, PR, or, yeah. like, beat the shit out of my body yeah. that way. Like, I've, I've Got always... Got some good sets in. Exactly. Like, mm. I have to leave on a good note, and I've kind of stood behind that, and, like, I feel like a lot of the guys that go to that gym now have taken that same mentality, like, hey... I didn't get the numbers I wanted, but I also did this on top of it, and I'm satisfied. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have a
0: positive takeaway from that training, exactly,
2: session. exactly. And I think that's huge. It, it, it's more mental than anything, but 100%. I'm a big advocate on that too. Like you got to have that momentum to keep moving forward and keep your mind open mm-hmm. to what what your next goal is and where mm-hmm. which way you're headed. So yeah, that, me for me dealing with stress is just. Do your best, move forward. uh, Constantly, you have to move forward. If if you can't change it, roll with it the best way you can. That's just the way it
0: is. You definitely definitely sounds like you keep a very positive, optimistic mindset, and you're you know you're very progress oriented, and you're always kind of looking for positive takeaways from things. And that's probably like I think that's very very testament to your success because I see I've been around a lot of high level lifters and some other record holders and one of the things that i've noticed you know in a lot of lifters is that you know whether they're ultimately good or bad at the end of the day like their training process they can get in their own heads because maybe they miss a lift and it's like that lift dominates their mind whether it's that whole session that whole week whatever and then that that bleeds over into their life and into their consecutive training days and that like it stays in their head and yeah. for me personally i think i've always kind of shared your mentality where it's like if i even if i go into a session even if i like strain a peck or pull a muscle it's like i'll go do back work for the next 30 <laughs> minutes and like get a sick pump yeah. and feel great and end that knowing that i got something extremely productive out of that you know for until the next time i train again and it's like you always have to to keep positive takeaways and like even with attempt selection and hitting lifts um, you know, in top sets, it's like sometimes I'll leave a lift that I know I probably could have gotten maybe for the next time I lift, knowing how much, how valuable it is to keep making lifts leading into a meet. And then, you know, going even the, even attempt selection in a meet, like setting a light opener so you can smoke that in squats and get yeah, on the board. Always, yeah, always. You have to. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's my favorite. I changed that part of competing like
1: the lab, maybe like two meets ago and it's like i'm gonna open on something that i know i just gonna put a smile on my face right. so i can get down to business <laughs> after that because that's like you know it's the most stressful part of any powerlifting competition exactly except for maybe your third deadlift you know whatever it is that I think that that's brutal like oh, opening yeah. squat
2: big time like i've I think the last couple of meetingss me said to multiply when I've opened it like nine zero three because I know it's always going to be there, like I could almost take a leg off and it's still yeah. going to be there <laughs> yeah. yeah
0: yeah what is um for the listener, and you don't uh, I know you probably don't get too complicated in this or maybe you do, but what do, how do you determine what your diet's like and what you eat? I feel? Okay, yeah, that's, that's 100%. It like, do you do you track? Do you like? I mean, you probably don't track, but do you try to keep an eye towards like how many times you eat in a day, or like do you make sure you always have a protein source with a meal? Like, do you follow any kind of guidelines when you put food together? You know.
2: Oh uh, no! For the most part, I do, like I think from what I did prior, mm-hmm. it's really easy for me to always keep the protein a lot higher, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, nine times out of ten, I just have to, I have. Three to four clean, like calculated meals a day, mm. and I'm uh, upwards to almost sixty grams of protein at mm. least, and then the rest is more convenience. Yeah. Like what's what's there? You know, sure. how can I fill in these calorie sure. voids?
0: What's like? What are your main protein sources that you usually eat?
2: Um, uh, mostly I like broccoli and I like chicken. I'm not a real big beef guy. Uh. I haven't been for a while. But I think that's because I grew up in the farm town that I did, yeah. and that's all we ate was beef. Really? But yeah, mostly, mostly chicken. And then, of course, I I do have a supplement sponsor. They take care of me, too. So if, if I feel like I don't... not a protein shake? Yeah, of course. If I'm not adequate enough or if like I don't have enough meat in this morning or I don't want to eat that other chicken breast that's left, I'll just grab a shake and down it
0: do you for like carbs and, and calories do you do a lot of like do you do rice potatoes pasta anything i'm like big that? on white rice i like yeah.
2: it it's easy and my yeah. body enjoys it too the rice cooker yeah of course that's yeah. Right. Yeah, that's key yeah, yeah. big time <laughs> I think for
0: any i think that's like the go-to energy source for any big oh, guy yeah. or big yeah. lifter. Yeah. Oh my god! That was just, the best investment I ever made. Just for the just for the price and the exp- like how like what you're getting for the amount of money you're putting in. Yeah, I think that's like the go-to staple food source for so many people.
2: So easy. I think we still got probably like at least four boxes of rice, white rice here, but just because yeah. every time my wife goes to the store, she'll just pick up another box because she doesn't know what we have left or yeah. when I cook the day prior. Yeah, dude, the
1: key is finding an Asian market and buying 25-pound bags of bags. jasmine rice. That's what we do. We go to an Asian market, and they're like, it's like 25 bucks. Oh, get 25-pound bag of jasmine awesome. rice. It's sick. <sighs> so there's something else I wanted to ask you, and you're not huge on social media, right? Mm-hmm. So – being where you are and you've been you got some notches under your belt right what's your take just a couple (laughs) (laughs) let's not name them all but i want to know like what's your take on social media how it relates to lifting and like how do you approach that i
2: don't care (laughs) no i don't give a shit i post my videos for my sponsors and that's about it. Like, you know, there's sometimes when the wife's like, oh, you don't put anything up for me. I'll put a picture of her or me and her. And I try to leave all of my life out of it. But then again, now, I mean, we had a little discussion earlier. I am trying to be a little bit more transparent, but that's more to provide for the upcoming power lifters. Like, I want to sure. be like, hey don't do this. Yeah. This is what I did. This is a horrible choice or like just being more forthcoming. I don't know if you guys saw that 18-year-old kid that was in the gym today bench 405, 18 years old. That Dude. oh that young kid? Yeah, yeah. I didn't
1: see what he ended up benching. I,
2: I didn't I think he got around. He said he'd done wow. 400 a couple Jeez. times, but yeah, and I was like, "Hey, here's my Instagram, look me up, like, if you have any questions, please, or just keep coming to our gym, like, yeah. we'll help you out if this yeah. is the road you want to go down, yeah. and I asked him three times, like, sure, you want a power lift? He's like, yeah, i love it, I'd love to, I was like, okay, like, but here, mm-hmm. please, like, here's my Instagram, feel free, do do not hesitate to ask me any questions you want, it's I'm, I'm more than, more than helpful. So,
1: along that vein, like, if, if, we, if this is a platform, you could talk to people and spread some more transparency, what do you what what do you want to tell people that that you feel like this powerlifting world is not transparent enough about like and you could talk about anything
2: yeah it's mostly peds and their abuse right really, could
1: we talk about that for a minute yeah that's fine i feel like this this is something that i, I mean i agree with you right like it's not discussed enough and because it's not discussed enough there's a lot of bad information out there and i feel like that is really detrimental to people and i feel like that really hurts people's not only their performance but Mm -hmm. also their ability to live a healthy like
0: long term health so what's what people think is like the right thing to do and and the wrong thing to do and you know people get a lot of bro science and just like you said that guy coming in today he could have just as easily Gone into any other gym where some gym jabroni yahoo is going to say, "Hey, you know, take, take this. Yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah, all these will do you great. Yeah, it's like- a gram of trend to start." <laughs> <laughs> I've, um, ne- I've, I think I've run a gram of trend one time, and that was before I was even powerlifting. And that was, oh yeah, like it was for the- recreation. Were you just trying to get laid a lot. <laughs> 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 Something oh along God. those lines. Wow. Um, but yeah, like it, uh, just. The whole the whole scene of more is better it it, it almost irritates me to mm. to hear people and like j- the jabronis at the mm. local gyms like you should be taking this taking that taking this like no mm. it's just like lifting keep it simple like I I rarely ever do more than three compounds at a time really Rare, ever that includes orals like mm-hmm. ever just because I've had those effects side effects hit mm-hmm. me and it's just like. This isn't fun. This isn't where I want to be. Yeah. My body's not. My strength's not going anywhere. So mm-hmm. what's the point? You know, I'm doing more damage than I am good. Yeah, well, I,
1: I, I feel like people over rely on it. Yeah,
2: they For use sure. it as a crutch, and it's not right. a crutch. It's I, it's a it's there to amplify your lifting and hard work that you've already put in. Like mm-hmm. it's and especially to support your recovery. Mm-hmm.
1: I think people should listen to that. Thing you, what you just said, they should listen to that about five times before they ever consider <laughs> using it. Like I know there's not enough good information out there, and I like what you're saying. I, I personally think there's only a few trusted sources that you can really discuss this kind of stuff with, and they're mm-hmm. educated health professionals, right? Yeah, and I think that's unfortunately lost in, like, the bro science <sighs> world that, that comes with the weight room. You exactly,
2: know? exactly. And then ten, nine times out of ten, you get those guys that are just trying to make a buck, too. Mm-hmm. So, it's like, yeah. they get over-greedy. Or they like try to like mix it up in their own bathroom, like, oh yeah, here you go, this is like thirty-five bucks. Or oh like, my God. you can go to a trusted guy. Like, I, I'm not gonna lie, it'll be completely open. I've had everything I've taken, not everything. I've had one supplier for so long, for a long period of time. But everything that I initially started with him got all, all of it got tested by my mother like she sent it to labs everything got tested <laughs> by your mother yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, it all got tested cool. milligrams came back within 50% tolerance mm. or not 50% 50 milligram tolerance mm. it's understandable Yeah, but like That's the only thing I trust because I was I've also seen those guys where they'll take straight vegetable oil and they're like I don't know why I'm all broke out like like Uh, (laughs) your (laughs) muscle is affected exactly (laughs) yeah exactly getting
1: consistent blood work done also is another I mean if you're going down that road right like it's not like I can I'm not endorsing doing Mm -hmm. that but if you Mm -hmm. are getting consistent blood work and I'm talking I, I mean you're talking once every three months at yeah, least yeah. at, at least, least. Yeah, yeah yeah and that's and that's full of panels and, and looking at
0: white blood cell count i mean right. ian's like yeah, you know you would, would know more to, what to look for but yeah. Yeah. And your blood super, pressure too you also yeah, gotta that, pay attention to that, that. that. we could go into a whole podcast talking on how to look at blood work and what you want to look for but for an athlete for like a a Any average to higher level athlete that's looking at PED use, yeah, you're definitely looking at a minimum of probably once every three months and you're looking at probably before a meet prep and you also want to do it probably like just for your own peace of mind. Right around your meet when you're kind of at like your your highest level of anything you're doing, just because you want to know where your baseline is and you want to know also where what you're doing is taking you to. And then probably about another three to four months, like about another three months after that, any sooner than, you know, two months. It's not really going to it's not going to change that much. Your body can't physiologically like say you make all these changes in you know whatever regimen you're doing. And, and, you know, you change your diet, you change your training, lifestyle, whatever the body physiologically isn't going to change about any faster than any, like, you know, eight weeks, six to eight weeks or so. And so that's not really going to be reflected any sooner than that. Um, You know, when you get your blood work done, you know, big things you're looking at, you, you know, number one, um, you're looking at the things that can kill you if (laughs) if they get too high and, and pretty simple and straightforward, like. If you get your lab results back, it's already pretty much in the order of importance for ease by a physician to use. So you're looking at, you know, hemoglobin hematocrit first and foremost off the bat. And if those are a certain high level, then you obviously want to donate blood. And then you're going to go further on down and you're going to see, you know, your different uh, metabolic panel, you know, your creatinine, your BUN. You know, you're going to see kidney function. You're going to see liver function. You're going to see things that are going to be, you know, a little bit more damaging, you know. Later on in time, five, ten, five, ten, you know, fifteen years, twenty years, you're going to see cholesterol. That's like a later in life thing, you know. So, it's definitely something to get checked out with blood work. And and another point that I wanted to make to go back to kind of the the training and you know that sort of thing, using that sort of thing to enhance your training and what you're already doing it's only you're only as good as your foundation. So you're only as good as your sleep. You're only as good as your training. You're only as good as your diet. And, you know, the thing is the thing that I've seen is that people, a lot of people, a lot of lifters, you know, bodybuilders, powerlifters, any kind of athlete, even an Olympic weightlifter, cough, cough. <laughs> oh, wait, <laughs> they don't do drugs. That's illegal. Well, we'll they'll use this. They'll, they'll try to mask shitty training protocols with excessive PED use. With an even shittier drug protocol. With an yeah. even shittier drug <laughs> protocol. Exactly. And they'll wonder why they're injured as hell, you know, one, two, three years into their career and why they have such a, you know, such a temporary shelf life. Like, you might make some some substantial crazy gains that first six months to a year, but you're not going to last long after I, that. No. Your shelf life is going to be very, very temporary. So... Know. Alright, what's
1: what's order of importance then? In terms of lifting? Are you talking technique? Are you talking the way you move, training frequency, diet, sleep? In your mind, like if you were to tell a young lifter, these are the first three things you could focus on, these are the next three things you could focus on, like where would that lie in your head?
2: Oh uh, well, I mean a new lifter of course, you know, technique would be one of the higher up there, but my main focus is going to be sleep because you're, you're only. Gonna ah, be- I love it. <laughs> I love it. You're only going to be as good as you sleep. Because I've had those weeks where you know it was like four hours, five hours here, and they, it, it, nothing in my life progresses that way. Would you train it, that day? No, never. Okay. Never. I wouldn't even.
1: Some people push through it. Yeah. I mean, have, it's fun. Nuts, but... yeah have fun. Have yeah. fun. Yeah. How much caffeine do you have to Take. To get I that slept training four sleep? hours. Right. I slammed a monster and four scoops of C4. <laughs> right. And yeah. Fucking gym.
2: Maxing <laughs> yeah. out. Yeah. You're not going to sleep
0: for another two days after <laughs> right, that <laughs> right right <laughs> right exactly
2: exactly but i think sleep's definitely got to be number one and except then with the newer lifters let be say your your form and your techniques is definitely going to be like two but your nutrition's got to be up there too you gotta have full circle and i i really believe that sleep and nutrition need to be like the top two at so least.
1: not even weight variables exercise selection like you could probably if i maybe i'll answer this question for you tell me if i'm wrong but if if I had to guess, you'd throw all the fancy exercises in the powerlifting world right out the window in favor of a night of good sleep.
2: Yes, agreed. Well, you might just throw them out anyways because <laughs> yeah. most of them are yeah, stupid. I'm really big on keep it simple, stupid. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Get down to the nuts and bolts. But, like, you know, you guys saw it today with training with those multiplayer guys. And they, um, they, they're they, they big on the bands and the chains and stuff like that. Don't get me wrong. I really do like the, the bands. I think they have a good good resistance. <laughs> But how many bands do you see on the platform? Like, that's i just like, come on. I agree. Come on, guys. How many, how many sets of chains do you see on the platform? None. You know, that's, that's kind of the way I look at that. And, then, you know, why wouldn't you practice what you're, what you're going for? You know, just keep it simple. This is what you need to do. You want a better bench? Bench more. You know, like.
0: Uh, I think I wanted to, well, probably ask like one or two more questions, kind of close it out. One of the things that I was really curious about, what are I don't know if you've had any standout mistakes that you feel like you've made, but what are some of the like biggest mistakes or lessons you've learned in the past few years?
2: Oh, the past
0: few, or I mean, five, ten. Like, what are yeah. throughout your lifting and training career? Like, were there any points where you 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 know were doing something wrong and then you had like a moment and you needed you're like holy shit that was wrong and this is you know what i need to be doing instead or any anything that you found you know kind of along that line yeah
2: we we talked about earlier but my first total was 1906 and Mm. at that time the top total in the 308 weight class was um 2200 2202 Mm -hmm. or something like that and i rushed to 2200 so fast i made so so many mistakes just just tried trying to get there as fast as i could
0: because you thought you know maybe you had some people saying you know maybe they were telling you the internet being the internet yeah yeah
2: yeah yeah yeah. so i really do think that was one of my bigger mistakes was rushing to it Mm. because right when i got there i ran into a brick wall Uh. and it took everything i had every aspect of my life to get there and i like Everything else took a back burner.
0: Do you feel like your body got beat up trying to do that? Worse than anything. Well, that's what where some of the injuries? tore in my IT
2: band, tore a bicep. Oh wow, yeah. shit!
0: You had full reattachment.
2: No, it was just partial on the on the okay. front head. So that's what they were telling me. Like they couldn't reattach anything.
0: How did you? What kind of lifts were they on? Squats. I squats don't... both of them. And really? I think okay. that has
2: to do with the uh, narrow narrow stance. So yeah. on my IT band, and then the bicep was just. Twisting my shoulder into it, trying to, trying to mimic that low bar like Marcus has. Yeah. <laughs> wow.
0: So you you pushed it a little bit too fast, got some injuries. Did you get there?
2: Yeah. 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 I mean, I mean it took me. Six months longer than I expected, but uh-huh. yeah, the, and just rushing it. And I uh-huh. feel like I would have had a lot better progression if I would have, you know, pumped the brakes a little yeah. bit and then just because I never had a total in 2100, yeah, like I never totaled 2100 and change.
0: You just pushed pure progression, yeah. Training. I yeah. went from
2: 2040 to 2200, like in I think it was like six months or something along those Holy lines. Holy shit, yeah, that's a very <laughs> short
1: period of time. Wait, did the... you favorite? say that again? Yeah, did you what... say 2040 to 20. 200, 200 yeah. in six months?
2: It was just, I think it was eight months, but yeah. Jeez. What the fuck? <laughs> and that was being a walking science experiment. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. Push, sounds- pushing like, things way too far.
0: Sounds like you probably were adding poundage to the bar every week. Yeah. Yeah. At least, yeah, yeah.
2: Like, if not, if not, forty-five to a hundred pounds, it was, it was, it was aggressive, and it was just, yeah. I did it way too fast, and I, you know, and that my aha moment was like, hey, you know, yeah, twenty-one hundred, twenty-one fifty would have been great numbers for yeah. me. Like, I feel like I, because I went twenty-two hundred, and then my first super heavyweight was twenty-three oh three. So, like, I that was within a year and a half. Yeah. And I, I did that a little bit slower, but then right after 2303, uh-huh. 2375, 2404, 2458, and 2458 was two years ago. Mm. I've tried 2500 three times before i got it. Wow. Yeah. And I feel like if I would have known those the baby steps meant more in that in the previous, I would have progressed a little bit. Just like adding easier. a few pounds each time. Yeah.
0: Except yeah. going for the big one.
2: Yeah, my, my, my the uh, the prize was too big to me. It engulfed my my life. You know, it yeah. was just too much.
0: Interesting. So the you, the instant gratification bug got you a little bit, but you learned from it. And now you're a little bit more patient with it. You're a more wise. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I've been
2: like it, it. I'm not gonna say like that was a standpoint for me to get away from the whole instant gratification culture that mm. we do. We kind of do have on mm. our hands here with powerlifting, mm. but it was. I've felt that way to where everybody wants it right now. It's like, no, no,
0: you don't get it. You got it when you deserve it. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. I think one of the, one of the big things that people don't understand from a simple knowledge aspect is that your muscles can get strong relatively quickly but the the you need actual adaptation in your bones and your joints and your tendons your ligaments your fascia like all the other tissues of your body are supporting that load also and those things have a little bit more of a limited blood supply than your muscles do exactly. so those things take those things take time they take reps to build the res, you know to build the uh, the tensile strength that they need to support what your muscles can do and if you try to outpace that That's typically when you can get injuries, you know, and things that set in and, you know, things that snap, crackle, and pop, (laughs) you know, and so that's your, you know, most some people can get away with it for a little while and get lucky, you know, sometimes you can get a few injuries and sometimes people can get really, really severe injuries when they try to, you know, push too much too quick because, you know, strength over time takes remodeling, you know, your body remodels itself to be able to do these things, you know. Your body now at a, you know, 2,500, 2,600 total at a, at a, you know, level, like if you were to, if you were to, you know, cut your leg and analyze it and look at it, you know, compared to five, 10 years ago. You know, you probably have more bone density. You probably have right. more tensile strength in your tendons and ligaments. Like all those things change too, not just your muscles.
2: The growth with it for sure. Mm-hmm. No, I, like we were talking earlier, like the first time I got back up to three fifty-five, like I was completely miserable. Mm-hmm. But then three months later, I was completely comfortable. Yeah, you're used so to you, it. So, like, your body has to adapt to it. I, I totally, totally
0: agree with what you're saying. Yeah. What um, where do you what next for you? <laughs> ah, you stole my question. What's next for Dan what, Bell? What do you have, like, a, do you have, uh, like, a goal set for yourself or do you have, like, a, you know, this is, you know, like you said, you're progress-oriented. Is there a point where you think that, like, you'll be satisfied or is it just, you know, how, do you, how are you determining that?
2: I don't want to say satisfied because mm. I don't think I'll ever be satisfied. Yeah. But I do want to be untouchable. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's that's attainable for me. Um, Showdown six weeks. Uh I'm a total twenty five thirteen. Okay, Andre's old record in these sleeves.
0: Okay, and And he did it in wraps. Right. Okay, and then um,
2: (laughs) eight weeks after that, I'm gonna go uh, up to UPA Dubuque, Iowa, the original platform that I started on, and I'm a total twenty six oh seven. In wraps. Yes, and uh, and then that happen to wash my hands and start crossfitting with you <laughs> <laughs> this dude hasn't done crossfit in a long time what's what's
0: the um how when you do if you do 2607 what will that be beating Will that be everything the highest everything. total ever yeah okay which what's you already hold? yeah okay. i got
2: the highest total now is twenty five eighteen. okay or i just chipped andre's uh on the one in gainesville but I really, I, I mean, on a perfect day, and you guys know it as well as I do, it's going to take a perfect day for that. Yeah. But on a perfect day, it'll be 2607, and I would even be happy with 2550 because yeah. right right now I'm not comfortable with 2518 because I know there's a couple guys that could, you know, on a perfect day have that total. A perfect or, day or, with
0: a good prep. and. Exactly.
2: Yeah, yeah. So
0: you're you're going to up the ante by 50 to 100 pounds.
2: Yeah.
1: He's saying a hundred he's gonna basically put a hundred pounds on the all time world record total and retire.
0: Wow. I'm to say retire, but yeah. man, well, a, lot'll
2: change, a lot will change. Crossfitting is not the same. <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna you're
0: you're gonna be free to do whatever you want in your own mind if you so decide to
2: Exactly, exactly. Whether well, that I mean I really you know, there, there's a certain side of me that's like I don't want to say throw it away, but you know, kinda of put it at the wayside, work on my family, work on yeah. shit like that. And there's another side of me it's like hey Let's throw some more multiply gear on and, mm-hmm. and run for that. Yeah. You know, yeah. sounds,
1: that sounds like a like a wicked train of thought. It's like yeah. it's like
0: it so- sounds like when you know when you get there, not if, but when you get there. You know, you you might have some fun with it from there since you've already built this machine that can do all this cool stuff. Yeah, which I really respect because I kind of do the same with my home body <laughs> to an extent. But um, man, that is that is really cool. You know, well, thank you so much for having us up and uh, hosting us and you know um, it, was, it was a pleasure to be able to watch you train and you know sort of dissect your thoughts and kind of see your mindset as, a, as it applies to lifting and life in general I really think that people are going to have a lot of really good takeaways from this one I think we touched on a lot of things uh, Marcus did you have anything to add to that No, the la- I mean the last thing I want to touch on was your plans for the future and I know we
1: talked about it earlier but it's really exciting to see like a Florida guy – well, now a transplanted Florida guy yeah, yeah, yeah. set on that road to break the record. It's not a matter of if. It's just a matter of when. Yeah. And, like, seeing how you approach your training, I think – I hope some people can take away from that kind of lighthearted, like, yeah. you're the biggest dude ever. Like, you're a massive. You're a big, big human and, like, nothing but a teddy bear. <laughs> and it's cool to see that, like, you're not some giant jerk and some uptight guy. You know, it's like – you're very relatable, and I think you got a lot to tell people. And I, it's cool that we got to share some of that with our audience and you being able to give your advice on training and PDs and all this stuff that's, mm. like, not very transparent. And I think you should definitely keep on that road of transparency and trying to help educate as many people as possible because you do have, like, a, a good voice that people will listen to. I hope so yeah, I think so I think for sure man thank you so much for having us up the gym was incredible and the vibe the atmosphere you guys have is really unique so treasure that and yeah exactly thanks to everybody there and thanks for coming on the show man yeah
2: so yeah. thank you guys too and you guys I really hope you guys keep keep moving forward with this it's going to be really great for you guys and for powerlifting no, thank you both yeah you,
0: you gotta tell me your Instagram too oh yeah as much as you hate it
2: uh, D Bell i think there's an score 74 yeah, yeah. yeah just type in daniel bell and you'll find me hopefully <laughs> And uh,
0: you got any sponsors you want to plug or anything or? Uh, i mean
2: the normal jb boss never been stronger those guys have been always great to me i got wicked buff beard oil and uh there's uh, i sell fitness i mean all those guys those are companies that i stand behind and we stand together you know they they take care of me and i've tried to take care of them but i appreciate you guys bringing them in and involving them. And I I, mean, I love those guys, all of them. So just, you know, they're doing good things for the sport, and I want to promote that too. So, yeah, oh, yeah. There, If
1: there was a beard award in
0: powerlifting, you might win yeah. the Best Beard Award also. <laughs> it's pretty good. That's epic. It's national.
2: It's <laughs> natural.
0: <laughs> well, that is it, guys. Thank you all for listening. We hope you enjoyed this one. And we are out.